Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Dr. D's Dating Diaries. You are going to hear a lot of anecdotal dating stories that are really hilarious. And I can't make this stuff up, honestly. What I want to do with these stories is I want it to be a teaching point and a learning point on what we as women do and what men do and how we can actually work together and actually start dating harmoniously and not have these horrific dating stories come up again. Take the time to listen to this. Have a laugh because I swear to you, I cannot make these stories up. But I also want you to take home a learning point and realize that both men and women have to heal themselves first before they can actually be good partners to one another. So in this episode, we're going to talk about, let's call him Tom, because for the life of me, I cannot remember his name. So Tom was born and brought up in Vancouver. So Vancouver, white boy, white boy privilege, um, came from a relatively wealthy family because his parents live in Hawaii in Honolulu at the present moment, they retired there. So if you don't know, Hawaii is pretty expensive to actually retire to. You gotta have some good coin to actually stay there. And so he was living, where was he living? In Burnaby, which is about, it's the next suburb out of like downtown Vancouver. And we went on our first date and we went to this nice restaurant downtown he actually came so really really good he did the decent thing he actually came to the girl's area to make her feel comfortable we were sitting down it was kind of awkward because there were people around us and everyone knew this was our first date and the conversation was it was fairly decent it was not a problem he was a martial arts expert slash wannabe actor like all his pictures looked like headshots And he was very interested because I love going to Honolulu. So he was talking about, oh, yeah, next time you go, I'll come with you. Now, I mean, it's the first date. Please don't tell me that. Maybe he was just being friendly, but it just it it was too much for me. He was very nice, though. He walked me to my car. He didn't flinch when he saw a fancy Mercedes Benz, which was a good thing, a green flag. And then he went off and he used public transport. He didn't have a car. That was fine. You know, I'm not one of those people who's going to say, oh, you have to have a car and that type of stuff. I do, like I say, want you to have a driver's license because if I'm having a heart attack, you're going to have to drive the car. Just saying. But um, I don't really need you to actually have a car because Vancouver's easy enough to get around with public transport. And if you're happy with public transit, then good for you. Now, I personally don't like public transit and that's just purely because I'm such a germaphobe. And I've been on the Sky Train and I was like, I hated it. I don't want to sit anywhere. I didn't want to touch anything. But that's a me problem, right? It's not for me to impose my problems on other people. Like, I mean, if they want to take public transport, that's fine. I'll just get to that place in my car. So anyway, 
um, I think we were supposed to have a second date and I had agreed to it. I mean, there was no spark or anything, but, you know, a lot of times, and even with a matchmaker, you may not have the spark the first time, but that's why you go out on a couple dates first to see whether there's going to be some other connection. And there's also that thing about not actually having sex with someone for 90 days. Um, the reason behind that is that if you spend time with this person for the first three months without any of the sexual stuff, then when you finally do have a sexual relationship with the person, there's already an emotional connection instead of it just being lust. Now, don't get me wrong. If you want the lust, go for it. Have a one-night stand. You do you, boo. It's not a problem. But if you're actually looking to have a substantial relationship with someone and that's where you want to be and you're tired of the hookup culture, then they usually suggest waiting before you delve into the sexual part of it, getting to know the person, doing activities and everything. So he'd sit, he'd meet me for a second date. And I, I can't remember what exactly happened. This was a couple of years ago, but he had to cancel at the last minute because something came up or he had to do some work or something or the other. And I was like, okay, that's fine. That's not a problem. So skip down to two years later and he found me online again. And I remembered him and I was like, well, let me give him a chance because there, he had more green flags and red flags. The only red flag was that he wanted to come to Honolulu with me or he invited himself there. But in his defense, his family lives there. So it's not like he wants to live with me. He can go stay with his parents and see his parents. So, you know, sometimes we might be a little bit overly cautious, but you can also give them the benefit of the doubt. So we went out on a date. I think I met him somewhere middle between Burnaby and Vancouver this time, which was fine. But pizza conversation was really good. I have to admit, he actually looked much better two years later than he did before. So I actually had an attraction to him this time. So I was like, okay, this is cool. This is really nice. And I was seeing a couple people at that time. I had decided to play the field and that type of stuff. And so I was I was pretty like seeing somebody that I kind of liked, but I didn't know where it was going. And so I was having a New Year's Eve party that I was hosting at the Fairmont Hotel. And so he had asked, he'd wanted to come to Fright Night with me at the fair, but he never did. He never made the move to do that. So I was like, okay, maybe he's not interested. And that's fine. There's no problem with that. Um, but then he contacted me just before my New Year's Eve party. And me being the hostess that I am, needed to have even numbers of men and women so that, you know, it looks good. Um, and so I invited him to my New Year's Eve party and he's like, oh, that's fine as long as I can be your date. And I'm like, sure, why not? I didn't take it seriously, to be honest, because I'm hosting. When I'm hosting, I'm going to be entertaining and I'm usually the life of the party. I'm a good hostess. I know how to entertain. So there's no time for me to have a date per se. I'm going to be making sure everybody is satisfied. And so funnily enough, another guy that I was dating was there with me. And um, a guy that I had matched with the matchmaker, but he had only wanted to be friends after the first date, which was fine, um, had 
texted me to say, hey, do you want to go for a walk on the seawall? I was like, no, I'm busy. But what are you doing for New Year's Eve? Because I've got this party. And so he came as well. So it was very, very hilarious because I had three people that I had been on dates with that were actually at my New Year's Eve party. So suffice to say, it was a good party. There was food, there was drinks, there was music. It was loads of fun. I obviously wasn't eating as much as I should have. And maybe I had a bit too much vodka in the porch crawler that the one of the guys that I had was dating had made. I didn't eat the fruit in there. He was eating the fruit. But what I do remember is that Tom... Um, kept plowing me with the alcohol. He kept pouring the punch and giving it to me. And I remember that the other guy that I was kind of actually dating at that time, but we were still wondering where we were in this whole relationship thing. He went into my bedroom and he was phoning to get some ice or something or the other. And I went in because he was asking me for help. And Tom followed right into my bedroom, which I thought was very inappropriate because I had booked a, a suite, which had it was a one bedroom suite. It had a powder room. Actually, it had two bathrooms. So one was end suite with my bedroom. And then it had a big lounge with beautiful balconies, a dining room table, uh, extra place closets to hang your clothes in and hang your coats and also a second bathroom that people could use so there was no need for Tom to actually walk in into my bedroom and to be perfectly honest I was in happy mode I was very very happy with the alcohol and that type of stuff I remember a couple of the girlfriends like okay girl you gotta eat and they tried putting a plate of food for me and making me eat stuff then I got excited and I was talking to all my friends and I was really I was really loving it because Vancouver sucks when it comes to New Year's Eve parties and so this party rocked because I threw it and I do plan on doing another one in the next couple years um because Vancouver does not know how to do parties well. And everyone loved the party. It was the talk of the next couple of months after that, because right after that, COVID hit. And so we were like, oh, remember when we were having all this fun? And it was, it was an exceptional party. And I had a couple of my friends from work. And I remember at the end of the night, the guy who was with me, he was going to stay over, right? Um, not Tom, the guy that I was actually dating. So he was staying over because my pup was with me and we were going to be there. But I don't think anybody else realized that this guy was going to be staying over with me. So Tom was there and he kept hanging around and I was happily drunk. I'm a happy drunk. I'm not a grumpy drunk. So I was happily drunk. And I remember... Um, he kept, he was there the whole time. And my one very good friend was like six, five or something. He's super tall, wonderful guy. And we worked together. He was there with me and we were chatting and everything. And some one of my very good girlfriends and her mom and boyfriend were there as well. And I remember when I went to work two days later, my friend actually told me while we were working in the OR, he's like, hey, who was that creepy guy? I was like, yeah, I know. Tom was a little creepy. He was creeping everybody out. He was trying to talk to people, but he was just a bit odd and that type of stuff. I was like, but I needed my numbers. He's like, you know, 
if I didn't realize that your other friend was going to be staying with you, I was going to pull you across and take you to another New Year's Eve party because that guy looked like he had nefarious intentions with you. I was like, what? What do you mean? He's like, yeah, no, his shoes were off and he was waiting. He was like kind of hoping to get lucky with you. I was like, really? He's like, yes, I saw it. And there was no way I was going to let that happen because you were not in your right frame of mind. And you know, girls, that's the type of guy you want, whether he's just a friend or whether that's going to be a guy that you date. That's a good guy. That's the nice guy who actually sees those things, who wants to protect you. That is an awesome person. I mean, this my friend now lives on the island. He's an awesome guy. And we've hung out together and everything, but we're just friends. Neither one of us are one another's type. But that's what I'd strive for. Like someone who's a good friend who can protect me, but is also someone that I'm actually attracted to as well, physically. Um, so Psycho basically left... And the next day was the, what is that called? The polar bear ice jumping thing that they do on the 1st of January. They jump into the ice cold water. That's batshit crazy. I will never be doing something like that. Apparently, it's very invigorating. Good for all of you people, but I won't be participating in any of that. So he was there, and that's right by where I live. And the guy that I was dating, we walked along the seawall. We took the dog for a nice walk. And he told, he, this Tom sent me pictures of him all skinny with just his swimming trunks and shirtless. And it was just very, very creepy. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to discuss this anymore the thing about him is if he was really interested in me he would actually like you know that i i get that people don't text it doesn't and people texting doesn't necessarily mean that they like you so you must remember that because lots of women think oh my god he's texted me so he's fine but this guy never texted at all never made any plan so I didn't think he was actually interested in me. And based on how he behaved at my party, he just was creeping everybody out. And that was the end of that. I mean, he did try finding me online again a couple times, and I just completely ignored him and refused to match with him. But that was my crazy New Year's Eve story with um, the actor Tom. If only it was Tom Cruise. That is it for today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed the stories, but I also hope that you learned something. Be safe out there, guys, and see you next week. <laughs>